The words of our text are found in Hebrews 11, verse 20, where we read, By faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. It strikes us immediately, beloved, uh, when we read these words, uh, that it seems as if they were not true. Uh, when we read the story, as it is found in Genesis 27, as I read it to you tonight, we certainly do not get the impression uh, that uh, the blessing of Jacob and Esau uh, by Isaac was an illustrious example of faith. It doesn't look that way. We were rather inclined to say Isaac blessed Jacob by mistake and not by faith. He did not intend to bless Jacob. intended to bless Esau. And yet, uh, so it reads here, by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. And when we meditate on this text, beloved, and read the history in Genesis 27 and compare it, we come to the conclusion that the text means that faith is the power that overcomes the world. And that is what we read in the first epistle of John. And so it is. Faith overcomes the world. And to that world belongs not only the world outside of us, but also the world within us. The world of sin and corruption, the world of evil intentions, and the world of evil desires, must be overcome by the Christian, by you and by me. 
and that world was also in Isaac's heart. That world of evil desire, as we hope to see. And the text undoubtedly means to say that by faith, not by his flesh, when he would have done quite differently, but by faith, Isaac ultimately blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. Bearing this in mind, we will try to speak a few moments on this part of the Word of God, beloved. As we speak on Isaac blessing Jacob and Esau. Notice that he had a different intention. That he struggled by faith. And that by faith he finally had the victory. Isaac blessing Jacob and Esau. His intention, his struggle, his victory. Beloved, I said a moment ago that faith overcomes the world. And to that world also belongs our sinful flesh. But even so, our sinful flesh assumes in every one of us different forms. It is not always alike. It is not alike in rich and poor. It is not alike in the one uh, that is intellectually inclined and the one that is inclined to live by feeling. There are all kinds of different Christians and according as those Christians differ, their faith must overcome the sin, their sinful flesh, their sinful desires, the corruptions in a different way. That also is the case with Isaac. We must remember who Isaac was, beloved in order to understand this entire business. Isaac, remember, was a child of old age, a son that had long been expected by his parents, and that had not come 
until Abraham was 100 years old and Sarah was 90. And we can easily understand, as it's evident from all that we read of Isaac, that his father and mother guarded his life very carefully. They were afraid to lose him. They kept him at home as closely as possible, even until he was a young man. His life was a sheltered life. The result was, beloved, although that was also in Isaac's character, uh, that from a natural point of view, Isaac became a weak man. He was not strong. He was not a strong character. It's almost a wonder uh, that a man like Esau, who was from a natural point of view the very opposite from Isaac, could be a son of Isaac and Rebekah. That this is true, uh, that Isaac was a weak personality, weak perhaps even in body, a son of the old of old age, whose life had been guarded and sheltered. It's true of everything we read of Isaac. He never fought. When the Philistines came and stopped his wells, he simply moved on. He didn't fight. He didn't fight for his rights. He didn't fight for his servants. When they came again and stopped his wells, he moved on again. Instead of fighting as he should have done, and when finally uh, they left the wells open and left them alone, Isaac said, Rehoboth, I have found rest. And never forget that Rehoboth, beloved, because to me it has a, a bad connotation. Rehoboth means that the weak Isaac who never fought, who left the wells in the hands of the Philistines until they didn't bother him anymore, found rest. The same is true when Isaac was uh, 40 years old. And then his father did not dare to let him go and find his own wife. Isaac must stay home. And Abraham uh, sent his servant to Paddan Aram to fetch a wife for Isaac. And when he is 130 years old and still have had 50 years to live because he died when he was 180, 
He felt he was at the point of death. All these things, beloved, made uh, the picture of Isaac in Scripture. And not like Abraham, or not even like Jacob, uh, but rather a weak uh, picture. This This is also true about his relation to Esau. Rebecca was much stronger than her husband, Isaac. And because of that, undoubtedly, the revelation concerning Esau and Jacob before the children were born did not come to Isaac, but came to Rebekah. To Rebekah, the Lord revealed that the elder should serve the younger. In other words, that the second born should have the blessing, the birthright blessing. Rebecca never forgot that. And she must have told Isaac very often about that. Isaac was well acquainted without any question with the revelation of God to Rebecca. He knew it. He knew that not Esau Uh, But Jacob was determined, decreed by God to have the place of the firstborn and to have the blessing. And repeatedly, uh, repeatedly, especially when Rebekah saw uh, that Isaac loved Jacob, uh, Esau, more than Jacob, she must have emphasized to Isaac again and again that Jacob must have the blessing and not Esau. Besides, really, Isaac had no business to love Esau, had no business to love him. Oh, it was a son, I know. I know it's difficult when a son departs from the truth and walks in the way of the world and of evil and carnality. It is difficult, it's hard for the flesh. But nevertheless, a son or a daughter like that, let me make it personal. I could never love. I cannot love. I cannot love a son or a daughter. They depart from the truth and from the way of God's covenant. And I think I'm safe in saying 
uh, that you should not either. Uh, apart from the flesh, of course, you're, it hurts the flesh. I know that very well. I can feel that too, beloved. I can feel that very well, very deeply. But love is something different. But we read of Isaac, uh, that he loved Esau. And besides, we read that he loved Esau because of the venison that surely is a very carnal form of love. Isaac, in other words, oh, he was a child of God, no question about it. He believed, he had faith. But at the same time, beloved, his faith was very weak. We must remember that when we read in Hebrews 11 verse 20 that Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau by faith. His faith was often under the power of his flesh. That's often the case with us too, isn't it? Don't you know? Our faith is not always strong, is it? Our faith is not always bright. We love the world. God, even apart, even apart from uh, sin and carnality, we love the things of the world. We love our homes and everything else. And these things, beloved, often have the effect uh, that our faith grows dim. That we become more and more Canon, that our faith is weak. That was also the case with Isaac. I think Isaac was a very weak Christian. He was weak. He believed, oh yes. Uh, but nevertheless, he was a weak Christian. When we read that Isaac loved Esau because of the venison. To me, that is a terrible sentence. Terrible sentence. To love Esau, who was a reprobate, and whom Isaac knew to be a reprobate, To love Esau, of whom God had said that he would not have the blessing. To love Esau, who had already revealed 
uh, that he was wicked? That he was wicked because he despised the birthright and sold it for a mess of pottage to Jacob? Who had revealed his wickedness by marrying the daughters of the Canaanites that were in the land of the Hethites and everything Esau revealed that he was not a child of God. Oh, Esau was uh, probably, that is the reason why Isaac loved him with a kind of love. Esau was a wonderful man to meet, beloved. I, I would have liked to meet Esau much rather than, than Jacob from a natural point of view. You can depend on that. Esau wa was a fine man, a wonderful man. He was strong, robust, hairy, a man of the woods. And uh, oh, uh, from a natural point of view, noble and friendly, he was uh, open-hearted and everything else. When Esau, uh, we came to Esau's house, he uh, said, uh, you want a cigar? That's the first thing Esau would say below. He, he made you feel at home. That uh, was Esau. And maybe, perhaps, for that reason, Isaac loved him. Isaac was also carnal. Uh, he loved the venison. And because of the venison, he loved Esau, although he had no business to love Esau, the reprobate beloved. And that is why when he was 130 years old, he attempted in unbelief, that was unbelief, that was wicked, he attempted to give the blessing to Esau and not to Jacob. That was the wickedness of Isaac. Sure was. But uh, God, as Isaac well knew, planned it quite differently. And instead, when Isaac had uh, told Esau to go and get some venison, and when he returned, he would uh, bestow uh, the birthright blessing upon him, and then God instead brought Jacob to him. God did that. Don't forget that, beloved. It was God that brought Jacob to Isaac instead of Esau. Oh, I know. He did that uh, through 
the deceit of Rebecca and the deceit of Jacob, which deceit can never be excused. Just as it cannot be excused that Jacob before tried to force Esau to sell him his blessing for a mess of pottage. So it cannot be excused that both Rebekah and Jacob deceived Isaac, or tried at least to deceive him. That was wicked. That was sinful. All the way through the life of Jacob. And he learned it evidently from Rebekah. There was a very strong and God-fearing woman who loved the promise and who loved the covenant uh, but nevertheless, who never trusted fully in the Lord, who never trusted completely in the revelation which the Lord had given her, Rebecca uh, tried to deceive Isaac and made Jacob her partner. That was wicked. Because, beloved, it plainly revealed that she did not trust the Lord. She might just as well have left it to the Lord. That was her business. She overheard, and that was intentional without any question. She had... Uh, she had seen something coming already for some time, and therefore she was watching Isaac very closely. And when Isaac called Esau, she was standing, as I said, she was standing around the corner and tried to catch every word of it. And she heard that Isaac sent Esau away uh, that he might prepare some venison for him and, and that his soul might bless him. Uh, then... Uh, Rebecca immediately made plans together with Isaac, with uh, Jacob. But, beloved, that shows once more uh, that she did not trust the Lord because she might just as well have said to the Lord, Here it is, I leave it to thee. And Isaac could never have blessed Esau. He might have said so, but he couldn't. Couldn't have blessed Esau. His, his word would have been of no power. Nevertheless, the Lord used the deceit of Rebekah and Jacob to bring Jacob to Isaac instead of Esau. No question of it. Why? Because 
the Lord wanted the faith, the weak faith of Isaac that had been suppressed by the carnal love for Esau to come to a struggle. And so it, so it was. Isaac, beloved, when Jacob came before him, felt immediately that his faith began to fight. Fight to overcome the world, the world of his flesh and the world of his evil love and the world of his evil desires. No question about it. That this is true is evident from the entire narrative. When Jacob came before Isaac, his father asked him, Who art thou, my son? And Jacob lied, I am Esau, thy firstborn. And Isaac was suspicious. Don't you see, beloved? He could just as well have waited a while. There was no hurry. He could just as well have said to his son that, was, that stood before him, Oh, you can sit down and wait a while. We'll see once what becomes of it. Or, if matters had been all right, he would have probably have called Rebecca and said, uh, Is that really my son uh, uh, Esau, as he claims to be? But he didn't. He was suspicious. Again, he, when uh, Jacob had said that he was Esau, he said again and again, let me touch thee. And I think that was, uh, I can't understand, beloved, did, uh, that uh, uh, the, the gloves, uh, the gloves, which Rebecca had made, and the neckwear uh, were so uh, plainly uh, an invitation of the hairy hands and neck of Esau that, that Isaac could be deceived of it. I certainly think that goat's hair is quite different from man's hair on his hands and neck. You tried one. Uh, but uh, he felt him nevertheless, and he said, Oh, the hands are uh, Esau's hands, that's true, uh, but uh, the voice is Jacob's voice. And he said, Kiss me, my son. He was still suspicious. Kiss me, my son. Come near and kiss me. And he smelled his garments. The garments which Rebecca had stored away already for some time, that Isaac might smell them, and they might come to the conclusion that he was Esau. In other words, beloved, as Jacob was standing before him, 
let me say, put it this way, I do not believe that Isaac was ever convinced that it was Esau. He wasn't. To the very last, he was not convinced. But that's not all. Presently, Esau comes. And Jacob, uh, Isaac trembled. He was excited. And he said, Who is he that hath taken venison and brought it me, and I have eaten all before thou camest, and have blessed him? And notice, Yea, and he shall be blessed. That settled it. Isaac's faith, beloved, had been struggling to overcome the carnality of Isaac in his heart and mind. And when finally Esau came, and Isaac said, and he shall be blessed, it meant that his faith had come to rest in spite of the struggle which he had gone through. He shall be blessed. And thirdly, when Esau came and begged him and said to him, Hast thou only one blessing, my father? Only one blessing? He did not bless Esau whatsoever. For as I said when I read the chapter, it does not mean that he blessed Esau, uh, but he said that he would be far from the fat of the field and far from the dew of heaven. No blessing. By thy sword thou shalt live. That was the future of Esau. And thy brother shalt thou serve. That was the future of Esau. But no blessing. And therefore also that, beloved, when Esau came and begged him and begged him, and we read in Hebrews, he found no place of repentance, though he sought it with tears. It means that in Isaac's heart, after all that had happened, and after all that had been done unto Jacob, after all the deceit of Rebekah and the deceit of Jacob, nevertheless, in Isaac's heart, there was no room for a blessing upon Esau, and there was a room only for a blessing upon Jacob. He shall be blessed, and there's no place of repentance in Isaac's heart. That's the struggle. But that's not yet the victory. We read in the text, beloved, that by faith, Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come. 
That's always the case with the blessing, you understand. The blessings of the Old Testament and really the true blessings of the New Testament always concern things to come, not things of the present. If Isaac had said nothing else to Jacob, and then this, Therefore God give thee the dew of heaven, and the fatness of the earth, and plenty of corn and wine. He would not really have blessed him yet, not with the real and true blessing. After all, beloved, that means nothing. And even when Isaac said, let people serve thee, and nations bow down to thee, be Lord over thy brethren, and let thy mother's sons bow to thee, cursed be everyone that curseth thee, and blessed be everyone that blesseth thee, even that that is not the blessing. He didn't really bless Jacob not with the blessing of the covenant. Isaac blessed Jacob finally concerning things to come. And that is really the only blessing that matters, beloved. Things to come meant the seed. Is not mentioned here this blessing, the seed. Things to come meant therefore Christ. Christ was to come, the seed. Things to come meant the kingdom of heaven in the ultimate sense of the word. All that meant Canaan in the Old Testament things to come meant Canaan for the time being and meant that Abraham and his seed and also Jacob and his seed should inherit the land of Canaan. But, beloved, in the ultimate sense of the word, it did not even mean Canaan except as a type of the kingdom of glory. And that is still the case. Blessings, beloved, Blessings for you and for me mean nothing if they concern temporal things. Nothing. You can have all the fat of the earth, as far as I'm concerned. You can have all the dew of heaven. You have nothing. What you must have is Christ and all the blessings which God bestows upon us through him. What you must have is the things concerning the kingdom of heaven, the eternal things. 
Then you are blessed. Then you are rich. And as I say, at that time, Isaac did not gain the complete victory. He did not really bless Jacob at the time. But he did gain the complete victory presently, beloved. When we read in chapter 28, uh, that uh, uh, Jacob had to leave uh, for Paddan Adam because of the anger and the wrath of his brother Esau. Then Isaac really blesses him completely. For there we read, and Isaac called Jacob and blessed him and charged him and said unto him, Thou shalt not take a wife of the daughters of Canaan. Arise, go to Paddan Aram, to the house of Bethuel, thy mother's father, and take thee a wife from thence of the daughters of Laban, thy mother's brother. And God Almighty bless thee and make thee fruitful and multiply thee that thou mayest be a multitude of people. That was the blessing of the seed. And ultimately, that seed is Christ. And Rebecca knew it. And Jacob knew it. And Isaac knew it. It was really wicked of Isaac to even attempt to give this blessing to Esau. But now, beloved, his faith had the victory. The complete victory. And he said, God Almighty bless thee. And make thee fruitful. And multiply thee, that thou mayest be a multitude of people. And give thee the blessing of Abraham, the blessing of the covenant, to thee and to thy seed with thee, that thou mayest inherit the land wherein thou art a stranger, which God gave unto Abraham. That is ultimately, beloved, the kingdom of heaven. And therefore, faith had the victory. The victory over the world. The world in Isaac's heart. Over the attempt to bless the reprobate instead of the elect to bless Esau instead of Jacob. Struggling when God confronted him with Jacob, 
having the beginning of the victory when he did not give Esau a blessing and having the complete victory when he sent Jacob to Paranara and gave him the blessing of Abraham by faith not by the flesh but by faith Isaac blessed Jacob and Esau concerning things to come and oh don't say that it says nevertheless that they, he blessed both that is so beloved he didn't he never blessed Esau the term blessing is simply to be understood as a general term concerning things to come he spoke to both his sons and to Jacob he gave the blessing of Abraham to Esau he said thou shalt live by thy sword that was the future to Jacob he gave all the spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ with Jacob's sword to Esau he gave nothing even the curse and so Isaac had the victory and the application is beloved as I said in my introduction we must have the victory by faith that world that was in Isaac's heart is still in your heart and that world that is in your heart reveals itself in many many different forms you know it as well as I know it I know it of myself that world is in my heart too beloved and by nature I want that world but I mustn't have it I must have the promise I must have the promise of Abraham I must have Christ I must have the kingdom of heaven and whenever your flesh the world your evil desire down your faith get on your knees and let God confront you with the word which he has given us in order that your faith might struggle again and have the victory. Amen. Thanks, Lord, for thy word. Lord, wilt thou cause us to know it and to hear it and to be blessed and sanctified by it in order that we may be thy people and that with all the saints in the past we may look forward to the city that hath foundations whose builder and maker thou art for thy name's sake amen <laughs>